Good morning. We welcome you to come and have a seat and join us. for coming. Um, we just want you to join us in a prayer, um, just welcoming God here and thanking him for his presence. Um, God, we thank you that you're here. We raise our voices to you. Help us to um, bring our burdens to you and our joys and um, <clears throat> to, to just be willing to listen to you as well. Pray also for the gifts of money that you have given us and that we can give back to you. We pray a blessing on that and that you would use it for your honor and glory as well. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. We'll be reading from the New International Reader's Version. The Son is the exact likeness of God, who can't be seen. The sun is first, and he is over all creation. All things were created in him. He created everything in heaven and on earth. He created everything that can be seen and everything that can't be seen. He created kings, powers, rulers, and authorities. All things have been created by him and for him. Before anything was created, he was already there. He holds everything together, and he is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the beginning. He is the first to be raised from the dead. That happened so that he would be far above everything. God was pleased to have his whole nature living in Christ. God was pleased to bring all things back to himself. That's because of what Christ has done. These things include everything on earth and in heaven. God made peace through Christ's blood by his death on the cross.
while the worship team goes down, I'll invite you to turn to Hebrews 12. Verses 1 to 3, we'll be reading from there. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. I'll be reading from the New International Reader's Version. The reason I always choose this version is it's often a little bit easier for um, the person who's reading up here to read, and it's also easier just to hear it um, sometimes as well. A huge cloud of witnesses is all around us. So let us throw off everything that stands in our way. Let us throw off any sin that holds onto us so tightly. And let us keep running the race marked out for us. Let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the one who has started this journey of faith, and he is the one who completes the journey of faith. He paid no attention to the shame of the cross. He suffered there because of the joy he was looking forward to, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He made it through these attacks by sinners. So think about him, and then you won't get tired, and then you won't lose hope. Good morning. Uh, please bow with me as we dismiss little ones to Children's Church. Dear God, we thank you for all of the little ones here this morning. We pray that as they go now to Children's Church, that they will find new messages that they have not heard meeting them, that they will learn new things, that they will have their eyes open to you in new ways. God, we pray for that. And we also want to pray for the teachers in Children's Church this morning. Give them the words to say and be with them now. Put that all before you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. There's going to be a number of things that are on there, as well as a number of things to add to there as well. And first off, today, 6.30 p.m., uh, there's going to be the small group kickoff. That's going to be at Jake and Agatha's place. Uh, that's by the high school. Uh, if you want to know where it is, talk to Jake and Agatha. If you've never been there before or get in touch with me, I'll point you in the right direction. Make sure to bring a lawn chair and a snack to share. I'm suspecting maybe also bring a coat. It's looking like it might be a cold one, but that is going to be a good time. Unfortunately, I probably won't be able to join you just because my in-laws are coming out later today, and so I'm on deck for that. And then next... Wednesday, 7 p.m., uh, prayer meeting at the church, uh, so feel free to come on out for that. Next Sunday, 9.45 a.m., Sunday school, uh, and then at 10.45 a.m., the worship service. Then, skipping on down, September 28th, so that is Thursday, I want to say, Wednesday. Wednesday. Now, there is going to be a donut day fundraiser for the food vault. That's going to be right outside of the food vault. So just go down to where the post office is. I think we've all been there before, but those are wonderful uh, donuts to be had. There's also going to be board members of the CRC there talking, explaining what they do. It's going to be a good fundraiser. Make sure to pick up your donut on September 28th during the day. Uh, so October 23rd, skipping forward, there's going to be the Thanksgiving supper at 5.30 at the church. Uh, it's been a number of years since we've had our Thanksgiving supper, so it's going to be wonderful to have it come back. So 5.30 at the church, the Thanksgiving supper, October 23rd. Um, also, to beginning October 26th, that is going to be when Kids Connect starts. Uh, grades 3 to 6, contact Christine Murray to sign up if you want to volunteer uh, for that, or if you have kids involved uh, in those grades. Talk to her as well to get more of a picture of it. Uh, what I would really ask for all of you to do would, of course, be to pray for Kids Connect as well. Uh, we need as much prayer as possible to get this off the ground and make sure that it is a success. So let's make sure that we keep on praying for Kids Connect as it starts up this year, praying for Annette, praying for Christine, praying for everyone involved. All right, now as to things to add on to here, I have a couple. Uh, the first is, uh, as I talked about last week, if anybody is an early riser, uh, we used to have uh, some morning programs that kids that were going to go to school that they could go to before they go to school. It was a wonderful program in order to help uh, parents that had to be to work on time. If you are an early riser and like kids, then... Uh, Talk to me. Uh, I can explain to you what that is. I'll get you in touch with Carla. I always call it Girk. Is that the? It is Girk. There we go. 
I just like, hey, Carla, and you're just going to kind of sidestep the whole thing. But uh, I can get you in touch with her as well. It would be great if we could start that program uh, up in town as well. And then also, uh, one more thing, uh, Lorena Dick is moving to Steinbeck. On the one side, it'll be wonderful for her to be there close to family. On the other side, I am going to be sad to see you go. But we need some help moving. And so if we could get three movers from the congregation for October 3rd to kind of move the, the boxes into the trucks and then to get them to Steinbach uh, and then to unpack there as well, uh, that would be absolutely wonderful. So if you are the sort that likes drives, likes Steinbach and likes moving, come talk to me. Otherwise, I suspect I will talk to you. So look forward to that. Is there any more announcements? All right, sure. All right, so as um, the youth leader here, I'm just going to announce what youth is going to look like this year for our church. Um, there's lots of different youth groups in the area, and they all kind of have a different style and feel and size to them. So um, this is an encouragement, the youth in our church, to pick whatever feels good like a good fit for you. But what it'll look like this year here is a girls high school Bible study that I'll host at my house, our house on Thursday nights from 7.30 to nine. So if you are of that age or have some friends you'd like to invite, we'll be doing kind of a small group feel, living room Bible study on Thursday nights from 7.30 to nine. If you're more so into the big group games, then there's lots of great youth groups that we can get you connected with so that you can have that experience. So yes, high school girls Bible studies, Thursday, 7.30, starting this week. All right, uh, on the bulletin board in the back, that is where small groups are uh, broken up so you can find out what small group you are in. Uh, also, if you are not in a small group yet and you want to be, just get in touch with uh, either myself or Dakota and we can put you in the group as well. It's gonna be a good year, so make sure to do that. All right, any more announcements? All right, then moving on to items of prayer. The next thing on there is Evelyn Rogers is now back from her prayer uh, mission in Ethiopia, sorry, in Paraguay. Uh, talking to her, it went incredibly well, and it was really a blessing for everyone involved. So we want to continue praying that it is, uh, that there is fruit born there. Uh, but we want to uh, pray for the Paraguayan mission. And speaking of it, Travis and Rosie, if you remember, we collected a whole pile of cards and little gifts uh, to send along to give to Travis and Rosie. And so they sent a message that they wanted me to read uh, for you all this morning. And so this is what they say. We are so thankful for the cards, gifts, and notes of encouragement that were sent along with Evelyn Rogers and the prayer team. Thank you also for supporting Evelyn in her trip here with the prayer team. It has been a great blessing to us, as well as to the many ministries and families they visited and prayed for. We love showing people where we live, showing them Paraguayan culture, and introducing them to our church family here. We are confident that God has heard the prayers of those who came and that their prayers will make a difference for the kingdom of God. The prayer team was also such a blessing encouragement to us as we need spiritual encouragement as well. Thank you, and we will miss you all. Travis and Rosie Zacharias. And so we want to continue to pray for their mission down in Paraguay as well. Uh, next, Reynolds Taves got into an accident. I heard he fell off a roof. Uh, he needed to get a replacement hip, but that surgery has been done, and he is home now, recovering. I'm very impressed with the medical system that that turnaround happened like that. But we want to continue praying for him as he recovers. Next, Gwen Mangott's funeral is going to be this coming Saturday, uh, October 1st. It's going to be at 1.30 here at the church. So we want to pray for the family. We want to uh, pray for the planning process. We want to pray for the funeral uh, and just everyone over the week to come. 
And finally, uh, Tyler Giesbrecht, uh, Dorothy's uh, grandson, uh, he had a surgery up in Thompson, and he is home now recovering as well. And so uh, that is a wonderful answer to prayer. We want to pray that that recovery continues to go well, uh, as well as we want to pray for Dorothy, who is flying home tomorrow. All right. Any more prayer items? Then please bow with me now in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning, first off, thanking you for how you can heal, how you can work through others to bring healing, how you can do these wonderful things. God, we want to thank you so much that Reynolds' surgery went well. We want to thank you that now that he is at home, and recovering there. And God, we pray that he will continue to recover as well. We pray that it'll be a speedy thing. We pray that there won't even be so much as a limp. God, we thank you after that accident that he is safe. And Lord, we thank you that you were watching over him all along. So Lord, we put that before you this morning. Please continue to aid in his recovery, but also thank you so much. And God, also for... Tyler Giesbrecht, we thank you that that surgery was a success as well, and we thank you that now he is recovering. We pray that it continues to go well now that he is at home. We pray that this also is quick. And we pray also a thanks for Dorothy being out there to care for her family. Lord, we pray that now as she travels home that the trip is an uneventful one and that she will enjoy being home soon enough. But God, we thank you for this as well. And Lord, we also want to thank you for the other ways that we know that you work as well. Lord, we want to say thank you that the mission's trip to Paraguay was such a success. God, we want to say thank you for the work that Evelyn did, that Rolf and Angela did, that everyone else that was on that prayer mission did bringing the different ministries in Paraguay before you. And God, we want to pray that we can see the fruit even here over the months and years to come. Lord, we look forward to seeing what you will do with this. And we know you will. And God, finally, we want to pray for the funeral coming up this next Saturday. We want to pray for Gwen's family. We want to pray for her cousins that miss the good times they had and who are going through all of the memories that they have. Lord, we want to bring her entire family before you now as they try to figure out what this funeral will be. Lord, we pray a blessing on it. Lord, we pray that you will be seen clearly through it. We just put her family before you now. All of these things, my Lord, we bring before you this morning and we place them at your feet. In your name we pray, amen. Well, this morning, Sheldon Giesbrecht will be preaching for you. I always enjoy hearing what Sheldon has for us, so without further ado, I'll invite him right up. Morning. Ah, uh, yeah. This has been an interesting ride in the last few months, and uh, when um, Pastor Rustall asked me if I wanted to preach, I didn't want to say yes because I knew what I would need to preach on because this is what has been on my heart for the last months and maybe the last years. And as I thought about it, I realized that I struggled with this all of my life. And then this past three Sundays, as we, our Sunday school class is into Ephesians, it again brought it out big time. Lord God, I thank you for your presence here, and I thank you for your power and your might and your awesome love. And I just lift up my heart and say thank you, and I just ask that you would speak truth to each one of us, not from what I say, but from your word, and that you would open up our hearts to what you want to show us from your word. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Early on in my life, I heard over this, not this pulpit, but over the pulpit in the other church, a lot about free will. And I thought, oh, okay, that sounds, that, that sounds like a concept that I can understand. Uh, they talked about that God had a providential will, and, uh, but it was more about free will. And I, I grew up that way, and uh, I went to Bible school, and yep, our, my, the Bible school I went to also, it was, seemed to be very important that we are choosing what we do and what we say and where we go and what happens in our life. And of course, God is providential and God is in all things. And, but never really was stressed in my life enough. And so I grew up with this idea that this was really important. I got married. An incident happened at work that kind of set some things different. I, I, was, I was actually telling my grandson this the other day, and I realized that my oldest daughter, had, Candace, had never heard this. But I was, I was working for my dad in Bagot at a house, and, and if you know construction a little bit, you, um, well, actually, it just kind of started at that point. That's, that's how long ago this is. Uh, our, our kids, I don't think, were even born yet. And uh, where you, you take a sheet of plywood to cover a floor, cover joists, and there's a, like I told my grandson last night, there's kind of a thing like this at one side, and the other side it's like this, and you slide them together. Well, the day that we were putting this tongue and groove plywood on was very wet. It was raining. Back in those days, rain or shine, we just kept on working. I don't know. Nowadays, it's just different. People melt in the rain a little bit quicker, I guess. And, and so we were, we were working in the rain, and everything was slippery. And what you do with these plywood sheets is you lay it down. You put a two-by-four on, on, the, on the front of it, and you hit it with a sledge, an eight-pound sledge, usually. And you have to kind of get it in place, and so it slides in. And so a fellow by the name of Jack Hepner, which is Evelyn's, Roger's, younger brother. Great guy, we had just awesome times. And uh, so he was on the sledge, and I was trying to get this sheet of plywood into place. He, in the rain, slipped off the two by four and didn't hit it by very much, and he swung that sledge through his legs and if you would get up close to me, you'd see a scar right there, across there. Sent me flying. And of course, back then, we didn't know about concussions. And so I, I've won, you know, after half an hour, I thought, I said to the guys, you know, I think I'll go to the hospital just to see. I guess I must have had a concussion, but we didn't know those things then. And, but, but this hit on the head as I thought about it. I realized that if that mark had been down about a three-quarter inch, my brains would have been all over the plywood. And, and, and as I thought about this, and, and it kept bugging me, and obviously I remember it as clearly as, it, as if it happened yesterday. And it was very momentous because other things of similar fashion, not with a sledge, I learned my lesson after that one, but similar things have happened that I, I say to God, why are you doing this? Why are you protecting me? Why?" And, and I didn't understand why God's hand seemed so very much involved in my life, and yet that's not the way I had understood things when I was young. Slowly, I began to grasp the providence of God. I began to understand how much God was involved in my life. And it came to the point where I think I was almost believing, and this was probably 20 year, years ago or so, I was almost believing that my choice made absolutely no difference because God had it all mapped out, and it, that's the way it happened. And then I started reading Scripture, and I thought, yes, if God really is making everything happen, then why does the Bible say that? And then I get to another, and, and sometimes I, I remember reading these verses and I thought, nah, nah it doesn't really mean that, or uh, I'm, I'm just kind of getting some thoughts out of it that aren't really there. And finally, God brought enough scripture to me, and finally, it, it takes me a long time for things to click in, asked Linda. And, and it, 
it finally, I said, okay, God is providential in everything, and I also have free will. How does this work? And, and the only way I could kind of put it together is, and, and in, in Sunday school, I don't know, four years ago, Lyndon, we talked about it the first time. Must be somewhere in four years ago. And, and Lyndon was struggling with this. And I said, the only way I can understand this is that free will and the providence of God work together, that they're one. Now, I was very thankful at the time that Lyndon never said, where do you get that from? How do you, like, that doesn't even make sense to me if he would have said that. And I would have said, I don't know. That's just what I think. Because of the way I saw God's providence and the way I saw my free will, I knew that they were together. I didn't know how. And as the years have passed, the last four years, God has made it clear and clear to me how closely they are together. In fact, I would dare say that to separate them should not be. Let's look at some of the scripture that we looked at today just for a few minutes. And maybe first we'll, we'll talk about the providence of God. The providence of God is the protective care of, the, of God. And God is actively involved in all things, in everything. With a goal to save people of their sins and to shape them to be more like Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 Actually, I'll go back to Col- I'll go to Colossians first. Uh, Charlene read it. I-, I just think that these scripture re- references are worth reading again and again and again. And I'll just read three verses out of Colossians one. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him and all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, throne, thrones, powers, or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. And then listen carefully to verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Then in Hebrews, there's an interesting verse as well. That is, I have just found or maybe noticed it in the last few months. And verse 3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thought? He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he has provided the purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of the majesty in heaven. Free will is the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate. In other words, the ability to act on one's own discretion, to choose what our heart wants. That's free will. And the Bible talks about free will. I love the verse in Hebrews. In fact, Hebrews 12 is one of the reasons why I realized this free will is part of God's plan. Because he says, you're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses. So therefore, throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. God's not saying, ask me to throw off the sin. He says, You throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. Secondly, he says, let us run the race with perseverance. That's what we're supposed to do. And thirdly, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, and have, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth on him, it's something we need to do. 
We need to make a decision. Acts 16, when Paul was thrown into jail and there was an earthquake and everything was the jail, all the bonds came off the, the prisoners and the jailer was going to kill himself. And as he drew his sword, Paul says, whoa, whoa, we're all here. And the jailer brings Paul into his house and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, you and your house. Free will is part of God's plan. The past two months, my awareness of the love of God has grown. I have began to see a little bit more how awesome and total God's love is. And I, I'm, I, sometimes when I was thinking about it this morning, I was thinking, when I get to heaven, after a million years, I'll understand it a little bit more. I'll have those aha moments about how amazing God's love is. And then a billion years later, I'll still be having those aha moments of how amazing God is because God's, the love of God is so vast that I can just understand it a little bit. I, some of my thoughts and some of the things that, that I've, I'm going to share today, uh, John Milkfield has shared in some messages that I've listened to, and, I, and I've just really felt that they were scriptural, and then he brought scripture out and taught us, taught on what scripture was saying. And so I, I will give him credit. Uh, I don't come up with all things nearly, but uh, it's it's. It's um, part of who I am. I listen to people and I read the Bible and come up with ideas and thoughts that God is showing me. Years ago, I better check the time here. Yeah, okay. Years ago, we went to uh, uh, Dauphin Music Fest, which is a huge music festival in Dauphin, a Christian music festival. And one year, Anthony Campola was there. And he spoke and said this. He said... And, and, and I wouldn't remember, but Linda has, has remembered it all these years, and, and it's very powerful in, uh, in her mind and her heart. And, and Tony Campolo, says, Campolo said, he says, God is outside of time. Okay, I know that. Because he says, God sees the whole picture. And God doesn't see the whole picture as a video. God sees the whole picture from before time till after time. He sees it all at once. He doesn't only see the picture of you, but he sees the picture of me, and he sees the picture of the oak tree down the street, and he sees the picture of the ocean and the fish swimming around and the fish giving birth, to, and he sees this whole picture all at the same time. Therefore, God always sees his son Jesus on the cross. He always sees that. Even though Jesus' sacrifice was a once and for all sacrifice, yet he sees Jesus on the cross because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is continually working in our lives. It is as real and powerful and complete today as it was 2,000 plus years ago. That awareness has changed when I think about it, that awareness is, has changed my love for God because God, he doesn't, it's, he's not a one-time act. He's an act that happens through before time till after time. He continues to work in our lives and he continues to know everything that is going on. We freely choose not because we should, but because we're responding to the love of God. The providential will of God and free will, they both in scripture and they both are truth and they both work together. Hebrews 1, 3, I read, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, not a reflection. It's like the moon is a reflection. Jesus is not a reflection of the sun. He is the sun and he is a radiance of God's glory. Each moment, God, each moment Jesus dictates what's going to happen next. Each, God has his hand through Jesus Christ actively involved in all of what happens in this world. Everything God has his hand in. 
He holds and sustains the universe. He doesn't just let it go. He's a part of it all the time. When I was young, I thought, oh yeah, God just kind of sets things up and lets things roll. And I, as I read scripture, it, the scripture doesn't say that. It says God is always actively involved in all of the universe, in all of our lives. Every decision comes from the Lord, small and big. I gotta, I gotta give you a verse here. I gotta, in Psalms, uh, six, uh, Proverbs 16, I mean, not Psalms, Proverbs 16. Love these verses. Love the, uh, it's, um, uh, verse 16, verse uh, 3 to 4. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. And then another verse at the very end, the last verse of Psalm 16. The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. On Friday, we uh, looked after uh, Candace and Tyler's kids because uh, their daycare wasn't operating. And uh, we, were, uh, we were looking after them. And uh, uh, they have, we have this game, Tenzi. And we were playing Tenzi. Uh, Isabel and I, sh- we were playing Tenzi. OK. So when we were, she got bored very quickly. And when we were done, I was sitting there with these 10 dice of one color. And I was throwing these dice and throwing these dice. And all of a sudden, I looked at this these numbers and I started putting them in pairs and I says, look, Isabel, look what happened. Oh, she says, you just set them down. No, I says, I, I threw this and this is what happened. She looks at me with very serious look. She says, God did it. I thought, wow, she understands this better than I do. God looks after the big things. He's got his hand in the small things, every detail. Every decision from the Lord is from the Lord, and that's what's meant that God is providential, that the providence is a big part of who we are. Whether we lose a job, whether we lose our car keys, whether we have lost our favorite hat, war breaks out in the Ukraine, in Ethiopia, the, the, the sadness that's going on there with war and killing. New rulers start a country. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. A mouse gives birth to six hairless little babies. The roast you put in the oven today. The temperature you put it at. The plate that you drop. God knows exactly how many pieces it drops into. God sees everything all at once. God knows all. God actively has his hand in every part of our life. Matthew 10, interesting. Love these verses, especially, uh, I'll let you know in a few minutes. Matthew 10. Verse 27. When I tell you, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered Oh yes, yes. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the ruse. Do not be afraid for those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Now Jesus goes on to I give an illustration. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. And I, every time I read that, I think, wow, God must have had his fun with me because my hairs fell out very quickly. So then he says, don't be afraid. You are worth more than a sparrow. In other words, God knows about the sparrow. He knows about everything about you too. Now, that has also scared me as well because I'm thinking, God, you know that I did this? You know that I thought that? You know that I wanted to do this? You you know all that? And, And I found it sometimes very sobering 
and I made me pray, God created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. But yes, God actively, is actively involved in all things. He's directing things in the universe. Linda and I came home three weeks ago. We turned into McGregor and we were talking about our kids and thinking about them and, and stuff like that and we were very burdened. And all of a sudden, over 4,000 years ago, God knew that what we would be talking about, where we would be turning, and a massive falling star came across the sky. I, I don't know if I remember seeing one so bright. And we knew that God sent it, not only for us, but for other people as well, I'm sure. But it spoke to us that God was caring about us and that God loves us. He directs the universe, everything in the universe, how it should act. And if God at any moment would take his hands off, things would stop existing. I gotta kind of uh, do a little bit of work in here to jump forward. I asked Ron if this clock was working and I went up and checked and I see it's working. We, we decided it was four minutes late, but so that's okay, four minutes is nothing in the whole scheme of things. Okay, God directs and guides all things. God has reasons and purposes for what happens. As the hit of my head with a sledge, God had a reason for it. As many of the things, the falling star, God had a reason for it. The, the, all things that happen to us, God has a reason. And I don't, the like, reasons are not always obvious. You don't have to go away and say, well, obviously there's no reason because God hasn't shown it to me. There's always reasons. And maybe later they come to you and maybe not. But God always has a purpose. And if, no, if nothing else, if I can use that term, if nothing else, one of God's main purposes is that you would turn your eyes to him a little bit more. That you would, your eyes would be enlightened, as it says in Ephesians. That through wisdom and revelation, that you would see Jesus more. You would know Jesus better. These are verses, say, in case some of you don't go to Sunday school, these are verses we've been studying in the last few weeks in Sunday school. God directs things, and he has purposes. So, now, we got, again, we come back to the issue we kind of started with. How does the providential will of God and free will coexist? Free choice or free will is the freedom to do what you want. Jonathan Edwards wrote a hundred and he comes from back from 1700s. He wrote an essay on the free will of man. And some of the things that, one of the things that I'm going to say after this is something that he said in there that really made sense to me about understanding how they come together. And Jonathan Edwards said this. He says, in this essay, he said, we choose, we make decisions according to our inclinations or our affections. And when I heard that, I thought, okay, this is starting to make sense. Let me see if I can explain it enough so that you, at least you understand what I'm trying to say. What we are most strongly inclined to do, what we are most strongly inclined to make a decision a certain way is because those are the things that our heart really loves. And when I heard this, I thought, really? But it's the more I think about it and the more I pray about it, and I want to pray every day, Lord, change the affection of my heart. We can freely choose to rebel against God. In fact, we might love 
rebelling against God. Because that's what our heart wants. We might even love being a God ourselves. I find that sometimes, I had a situation the other day, I was looking for, I said this in science school class, I was looking for an estimate, and I looked and looked, and Linda helped me all over the house in the garbage in my truck, and I couldn't find it, it was right there, and we needed it. This estimate was done, and the people, I was supposed to give it to the people. And I started battling with God, and I said, I don't want to pray, God, I know where this is. I was thinking this to myself, and, and finally, God made it clear to me. He says, Sheldon, just trust me. Just pray. Yeah, but God, I know where it is. And it's like God says, but you can't find it. So it's not where you know it is. Now, I know God doesn't say all these things to me, but these are the thoughts that I have that I think God is kind of poking me with. So I said, okay, God, forgive me. And, and I sat there on the steps, and I says, God, show me where that paper is. I lifted up my eyes, and <laughs> I saw a piece of paper on the computer drawer, keyboard slide out, and <laughs> I knew that the paper was right there, and I just started to laugh, and I called Linda over, and we, we looked at it. I wanted to be my own God because I knew better than God did. I wanted to be in control. And if our, if our, infection, our affections are inclined to love God and to walk in his statutes, our life becomes different. We make decisions. We, we, this, we, our will is to be more and more like Jesus Christ. I got to go to Ezekiel. I, I know I'm going to run out of time, but that's okay. I, I, I just... I found this verse is amazing. Uh, Ezekiel 36, there they are. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart, not a heart made out of stone. And I will give you a, a heart of flesh. Now, I know in the New Testament, when you hear a heart of flesh, it's often the opposite of God, of what God wants. And God wants to take away your fleshly heart and give you a beautiful heart after him. Here in the Old Testament, this heart of flesh that Ezekiel's talking about is a heart that is teachable and pliable, and it opposes a heart of stone. Just in case you get mixed up on the flesh part of this. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. When we have an affection, an inclination after Jesus Christ, it starts to change our heart and make it pliable and teachable to God. God puts a new heart in us as, when we, as we make decisions to walk in his statues. God doesn't take the free will away from us. Our inclinations, our affections need to be changed. And God helps us to change them. God helps us to work in them, to, to work them out. I got to go to Romans, and we're coming close. Romans 7. You, some of you know exactly what these verses say. Verses 7, verses, uh, chapter 7, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. Oh, this, this verse I've, uh, is, has been a big part of my life. I do not understand what I do, but I want to do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Uh, oh, man, that's me. That's me. Okay, and then I go on to verse, uh, chapter 20, uh, verse 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. And there's the two opposites. We do the things we don't want to do. The things we hate to do, we do them. The walk in the flesh, as the New Testament uses the word flesh, and the walk in the spirit. Because we're the, for my inner being, I delight in God's laws. What a new heart wants and what the flesh wants are opposite each other.
God is into changing the inclination of my heart. Galatians 5, verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, and so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you're under the law. Because our heart and our flesh want things freely, the providence of God and our own free will are not at odds. They work perfectly together. In fact, in the providence of God, God created the free will in each one of us. Something that God created and God put into us. Because God didn't want us to be robots. God wanted us to decide. God wanted us to decide, and we decide through the inclination of what's going on in our hearts. Let me close off with this. And I mentioned it a few times already. Practically, we come to the Lord and we say, Lord God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Oh God, change my affections that I love and that may I, by your spirit, put to death the misdeeds of the body. Romans 8, 13 says, for if you, you live according to your sinful nature, you will die. But by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Oh God, change my affections. Oh Lord God, you have spoken to my heart about this throughout my life. You have shown me, helped me to understand a little bit more. God, you know that I'm a long ways from understanding, but I know that you're working on it, and I know that you are showing me things, and I thank you for that. And I pray that you would continue to work in the hearts that are here today, and that they would sense the moving of your Holy Spirit and in their hearts they would have a burning desire to walk in your statues, to walk in your ways, to allow you to change the affections that they're inclined to. Because we all struggle with it in different ways. I pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit you would continue to speak in areas that you want us to that you want to speak to us. Amen. Thank you, Sheldon. We're going to sing the doxology together. Um, the first time we will not sing the amen, um, and the second time we will. So. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Sheldon. I'm going to be chewing on that for a while. Our benediction today comes from the book of Numbers. May God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. A reminder, small groups uh, kick off tonight. Uh, Jake and Agatha's place. Uh, make sure to bring potluck and also a warm coat and a chair.
And also go forth now and praise our God. We invite you to stand. Praise God from whom.